Email oliver at rte.ie. And you're very welcome back. And now, Jero D, he's from the National Ambulance Service. He's sitting across from me in full uniform. Good morning to you, Jero D. Good morning, Oliver. Uh, it's kind of, it, it, it puts me in mind of now uh, the old door you see for many ways. <laughs> but it is not that indeed. Uh, you're a paramedic, aren't you? You're a trained paramedic? Yeah, I've been a paramedic uh, with the National Ambulance Service since 2005. Yeah, yeah. And, and your job now is I'm an acute engagement manager that's why you're looking for community first responders yeah absolutely Oliver I mean they're they're so important um, mm. you know we're strongly of the belief now that communities save lives yeah. and you know while we would like to have an ambulance on every corner you know to be able to respond to a call you know, sure. as quickly yeah. as possible and we will always ensure that you know the nearest ambulance is sent to the sickest person first but it's not always the case. Ireland is very rural, very sparsely, um, geographically it's sparse. So by having community first responders there, it allows communities to be trained on how to use CPR and how to use a defibrillator. And it just means then that if something like a cardiac arrest, which is probably, I suppose, it's the most serious call that we would deal with, mm-hmm. when that cardiac arrest comes in, they'll get an automated text message from the computer system and they'll respond ahead of the ambulance. Um, and that's the idea of, I Very suppose, good. being a first responder is that they're in their community, they're u- uniquely located, that they are able, in a lot of cases, to get to the house first. They'll all get the alert, obviously. And they all get the alert, yeah, via nearby. text. And um, do we have many of them at the moment? So uh, at the moment, we have 259 active community first responder groups around the country. Um, I suppose, like everything else, COVID had its impact. Um, we did actually have to stand down the Community First Responder Network really? um, when the pandemic came into place because I suppose, look, it was it was a time of uncertainty. Yeah. We didn't know how much danger there was going to be with sending particularly volunteers For sure, yeah. um, into people's houses. But I suppose they're such a unique bunch of people and they are so community-spirited that no sooner did... You know, did we stand them down from frontline duty? Were they standing themselves back up again? And they were out there delivering medication and shopping, and you know, and eventually they actually came in and amalgamated back into the ambulance service and assisted us with um, vaccination centres and swab centres and and things. So it just goes to show, you know, the community spirit is out there. Fully voluntary. Fully voluntary. Um, Now, I suppose our job, I there's myself and a team of. six community engagement officers and we have a business support section as well who give full support at all times to these community first responder groups and the idea being that when they make contact with us we will go out we'll host an information night we'll explain actually how easy this is and how easy it is to set it up um, and we'll guide them the whole way through to getting their first call. And the first response, uh, what they have to do is easy, is what you're saying. So when I say easy, I mean responding to the call isn't the easy part, but getting set up is actually quite it's easy. very set up. And all training is, training. you know, is provided by the National Ambulance Service and a network of volunteer instructors we have around the country. So it's relatively um, a quick process to get a community set up. Are you looking for someone in particular? Is there is there people, you know, who shouldn't uh, partake or... Well, it's open to anybody. I mean, once you're over the age of 18, um, you know, you're physically able to perform CPR and, you know, you're able to take part in any training that we provide. Some of the training is online and then the physical aspect of CPR. It can be quite demanding on the body. You know, it's it's, it's very, very physical. So while um, it's open to everybody, we do, you know... 
like people to be aware that it is a, a fairly physical um but you'll be trained. You'll be trained to have to do Absolutely. It, yeah. All training is there. And we, we would always train people in teams as well. So, you know, you're generally not there on your own. You can swap over and wait until help arrives then. Very good. So they're in rural areas at the moment. Do you have ones in urban communities as well? And oh, we have them everywhere. So, everywhere. I mean, um, like you'd have a number of community first responder groups active in the Dublin area. Um, we have them in Cork. We have them in Limerick, Galway. And I suppose where it all started was back in 2005 in rural Wicklow. Um, it was down a, in a, a place called Dunlavin. Um, and they, they realised that the journey time at that time for an ambulance to get to them was, you know, just taking that little bit extra because of the road network uh, wasn't as good back then. Yeah. And that's where it began. That's where, I suppose, the as we call them, the grandfathers, the two Johns, they're known as, um, they set this up and it just grew from there and it's continuing to grow around the country. It's just fantastic. It sounds amazing. Explain to us the chain of survival, this idea. Yeah, so the chain of survival where it really comes into play with a cardiac arrest is that somebody, we'd say the first link in it would be early recognition. So it's you realising that there's something wrong with somebody. Yeah. And, you know, in Ireland, we, we tend to brush things off, you know, it's particularly with chest pains and things. It's a, you know, it's a bit of indigestion. I must have eaten something <laughs> wrong. And, and you know, but it, it's recognising... Better not cause a fuss here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We won't cause a fuss, and particularly in a restaurant. I'm probably having a heart attack, but I don't want to make a show of myself. Absolutely. <laughs> the and, and, you know, sometimes then that heart attack can develop into a cardiac arrest. But mm. getting back to the chain of survival, it's, it's recognising early that something is wrong. And activating the emergency services, yeah. ringing one one two nine nine nine. They will one one two. That's the EU wide one. One one that, one one two is nine nine nine. Is what most people know, isn't it? It is. It's the one that, that you know most people do know. Yeah. And in fact, you know, we do have people ask us about nine one one because they see oh, it, God, they see serious? it so much on the TV. Yeah. And and believe it or not, nine one one will actually connect you to the Irish emergency services as well. Um, but again, it's recognising that something is wrong and getting help organised, at least it's on the way. Yeah. And then if it's, if it's a cardiac arrest, that your hands on chest straight away, performing CPR, sending someone for the nearest defibrillator. Where is that nearest defibrillator? Well, you really don't know, hmm. particularly if you're not, in, uh, not from the community where right, this is yes. happening. Yeah. But if the defibrillator is registered with the National Ambulance Service, uh, we have a database of locations. But unfortunately, we only have approximately three and a half thousand registered and what that means is if you were to ring in and say that it was a cardiac arrest we could tell you where the nearest one is yeah, okay. but we can only do that if it's registered which can be done through the ambulance service website and of course the defibrillator is not much use if you don't have the community first responder who knows how to use it well in fact a defibrillator is designed for any member of the public to be able to use it because the minute you turn it on it then takes over and it, it tells starts, you it exactly to you. what to do it'll start talking um, a lot of them have illuminated screens and, you know, and everyone acts the exact same way. You turn it on, you put the pads on the chest and you let the machine tell you exactly what to do. So I suppose the fear in Ireland is starting to go um, around the use of a defibrillator. Yeah. People always thought, you know, what if I do more harm? And the same when it comes to CPR, what if I do more harm? Mm-hmm. Well, it's better to do CPR for somebody um, who needs it than to stand back and do nothing. And likewise with the defibrillator, it's better to put the pads on the chest. The machine will not shock somebody if they don't need to be shocked. Right. So it's you can't actually go wrong. And that's why we would urge people, you know, to learn CPR and keep an eye on the defibrillators as they're driving to and from work. You know, you never know when you need it. 
um, and with 70% of cardiac arrest happening in the home, yes, you know, chances are it's going to be a loved one yeah. or someone you know that you will end up needing to do this for. How important is that CPR from uh, somebody who's, who's next to the person? While the ambulance is on its way. Yeah, I mean, uh, for for every minute that goes by that somebody is not performing CPR, the chance of survival for that person drops by 7 to 10%. Wow. So, I mean, you know, that's why it's so important that we get hands on chest straight away. And I suppose we're in a great... Um, we, we have a great system in our ambulance control centre where our call takers will actually guide somebody through CPR. Okay. We'll stay on the phone. We'll count out... The, the rate for them how to do it okay. uh, and you know what we're finding now is that from our last statistics is that 84% of cardiac arrests that happened in Ireland in 2022 somebody was doing CPR when the ambulance got there and that is gold because that's a big figure it's a big thought. figure yeah. and Ireland are you know it's the best in Europe you mm. know and you're talking two to, you know 2,800 cardiac arrests that happened you know, in, in 2022, and 84% of those had somebody doing CPR. And what it means for us is that when we get there, it means that we know that something has been done and that we're not starting from scratch. And it just means that that person has a greater chance of survival then. Are we good at CPR in Ireland compared to other countries? Are we well trained enough in how to do it? Well, you know, I suppose we are seeing survival rates growing. You know, um, I suppose... The difference between 2001 and 2000 and, and sorry, 2021 and 2022 is that almost 30 more people survived um, right. from out of hospital cardiac arrest. People are starting to avail of training. We have the Irish Heart Foundation doing CPR for schools, so we're getting you know people when they're young. Um, and as I said, we have a network of over 300 community volunteer instructors who are out there training all the time, um, and it's fantastic. We're starting to see a big increase in people like stepping up and, and starting to do CPR. Did you find that people were sort of waiting uh, until they'd witnessed or seen an incident before they volunteered? But that's changing, is it? Yeah, unfortunately, I suppose people were, you know, reactive as a, you know, as opposed to being proactive. And it, it often took a tragedy in the community for them to realise, you know, we, we need a community first responder scheme here now. Right. But we have a website um, dedicated for setting up community first responders and it's simply become a CFR.ie and people are starting to look at that now and they're starting to realise how easy it is to set up and it's building resilience now in communities ahead of an incident happening. Yeah. You know, and we're starting to see it grow all of the time. So it's it's absolutely fantastic. Massive first of all. You mentioned uh, if a heart attack becomes cardiac arrest, so there's a difference... There is heart attack, cardiac arrest. Yeah, and to put it to put it simply, uh, a, a, so a heart attack is is where someone experiences chest pain, mm-hmm. and they may have a blockage in one of their coronary arteries. So to put it simply, it's a plumbing problem. Okay. Whereas <laughs> a cardiac arrest is where the electrical activity in the heart either stops or goes haywire. Right, and that's an electrical problem. So we needed a fibrillator for that. We need different treatment for the heart attack. That's where you're technically dead. So you're technically dead, you are. And that's why by doing CPR, you can do no more harm. You know, you can only do good by doing CPR. And we have seen incidents um, where somebody has experienced a heart attack and it has developed into being a cardiac arrest. Um, And one such incident, you know, has kind of drawn our attention recently is the story of one of our own paramedics and his, his sister, they were at a family wedding. Oh, yeah. And 
um, Etna experienced pain in her teeth. It was down in Yall. It was down in Yall, yeah. yes. So she, she experienced pain in her teeth. And, she, you know, like you wouldn't associate that with your heart. And she, she felt, you know, she needed to go lay down and needed to go up to the room with her husband. Um, and they had a little bit of an argument <laughs> up there, you know. Um, he wanted to call Karen to come up, who was a, a paramedic of 16 years with plenty of brother. experience. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, no fuss at the wedding again. No fuss. I'll go off up to the room. And in fact, she wanted to go to bed and, and, and have a rest and leave her husband. It's the Irish thing, isn't it? Because the, the Irish wedding. thing, yeah, yeah. And, and leave I don't husband. want to ruin the wedding. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> leave her husband, go back down and, and party on. <laughs> but, you know, he insisted on calling Karen. And when Karen came up and walked into the room, drawing on his experience, you know, he didn't need any fancy machines. He just looked and he said, Etna, you're, you know, you are sick. You're in trouble yeah. here. So he, he called for the ambulance straight away. And they had a little bit of civil, civil rivalry here again where Go she away. said, no, 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 no fuss. But the ambulance came. They diagnosed her from doing an ECG. But having, she was literally having a massive heart attack. Yeah. But seven minutes later is when Etna collapsed onto the floor. And she was very, very fortunate that, number one, Kieran. Her brother, the paramedic, was there, yeah. and the ambulance crew were there with a defibrillator. Could spot um, and they did, you know, seven minutes of CPR and shocked her three times. And she woke up and thought she was in heaven. She said because when she woke up, the room was full of firefighters. Um, <laughs> so what we're finding a Good lot, woman, yeah, what we're <laughs> finding was a working lot, when she woke up. What we're finding a lot lately is that we're, we have a, a, a kind of a core response with the other emergency okay. services, which we would always have anyway. The likes of road traffic accidents. But now we're starting to see it with medical emergencies. And in the likes of y'all, you know, we had one ambulance there, but we would generally send two ambulances um, and, and most likely a rapid response car to a cardiac arrest. And all hands are needed. And to have the local fire service there to come in and support the ambulance again, it also meant that Kieran could switch from being paramedic back to being the brother again. Yeah. You know, which must have been very emotive for him and very hard thing to do to be able if, to switch like If he that. wasn't there, that's where you need your community first responder. Exactly. And that's, okay. you know, and there is one um, in y'all being set up currently. Um, you know, they're being set up all over the country. And this is the value of it, is that we're, um, we'd say, number one, the ambulance has a bit of a distance to travel. Our community first responders get there first. Or where an ambulance crew are there on their own and they're trying to care for a patient, having the extra hands coming through the door from the community first responders, the Gardaí or the Fire Brigade or any of the other agencies that we work with, um, is tremendous. You know, more hands. It must be some buzz when you when you bring someone back from the brink like that. Yeah, look, there, I suppose it, it's a job we deal with on a, on a regular basis and we do get to meet uh, people that we've had an impact on. Yeah. Um, but particularly for a community volunteer who put so much time into their training and, you know, they're giving up their free time all the time. We have had a number of events now where people have come back to shake their hand really? and they describe it as like winning the lotto. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is no greater feeling than actually being able to speak to somebody who would have died if you hadn't been there to do CPR and use the defibrillator. The science is there that if you give something, you're going to feel much bigger buzz than actually indulging yourself. You are. And in, there was a study done a while back to say that volunteers are amongst the happiest people yeah. in the world. You know, And no one happier than Ethna. Ethna Minahan from Rochestown is the woman who that's her. was saved yeah. the brother-in-law and she's now got her own religion, I presume, set up around firefighters. <laughs> yeah, that's, look, what's I mean, that's what's waiting in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> like, Herself I, and Joe Duffy are running that religion <laughs> to mad fans of fire yeah. brigades. I, and the thing is, look, it's, um, it, it's, it's a brother and sister story. It's a huge human interest piece. 
um, they they are great friends outside of being brother and sister. I know their bond is even even closer. Ah, I mean, you know, as, as she yeah. said, she owes her life to him. But you know, it's it's something that anybody can do. And while I said we had highly skilled people there, we had you know the best equipment that you could have with Etna at the time when it happened. But you don't need any of that. You just need your hands. Yeah, get on the chest, the do thing. CPR and get a defibrillator. Give us that website again for people to sign up, Chair. So it's become a CFR.ie. That's it. And no medical experience necessary. Training is going to be provided. Save all a life. Training, all training provided and all walks of life um, catered for. We generally find that it's the local librarian, shopkeeper who are the people that are actually responding to these Make calls. a huge uh, difference. Gerard D, thanks a million. I salute you. I feel like I physically salute you because of the, because of the uniform. Uh, Oliver at RT.ie, that's the email. Back after these. From the North, text studio, followed by your message to 80889.